there's always something beneath the surface. Hi, I'm Anita Joyce here with Kelly Wilkness, and this is Decorating Tips and Tricks, episode 341, Demystifying Neutral Colors. And the show notes for today's episode can be found at decoratingtipsandtricks.com slash 341. I am ready to demystify. I And I love how you uh, brought us into this episode because there is something beneath the surface. It, it's it's lurking in all of your neutrals and it's undertones. Hmm. And we're going to tell you about them today and help you recognize them. So you don't pick a color that has the wrong undertone and then therefore throw your whole decorating plan up in the air. Yep. Well, should we talk first about why you would even want to have a neutral room and what that really is? Yeah. Well, when we say neutral, we really don't mean without color because there, I mean, it does mean without color, but there's going to be some color in the room. We mean colors that go with every color. So we're talking beige, white, gray, ivory, and really even black, because these are all the colors that really work with blues, reds, greens, pinks, purples, oranges, whatever color you throw at them, they're going to work with them. Yeah. And neutrals, I mean, they're absolutely everywhere as they should be, and but they're very on trend and have been for a number of years. Um, but, and I don't think that that trend is ending at any time soon because neutrals, like you say, work with everything. They can be the base. They also show off other items that are more colorful. And yeah, there is, it's not a complete lack of color. There is some color to them, but they're not colors that appear on the color wheel and they're not colors that are easily discernible. Um, you know, even sort of a bit of an off color, like a turquoise or a periwinkle or something like that. You can see the color and the color is normally what you see. But with a neutral, there are undertones to the neutrals. And it's very helpful to understand what undertones there are, which ones are going to show up in the colors that you're choosing. Now we're talking about really paint color today, but you know, it can play into other aspects and other things that are neutrals, but you don't, it's not anywhere as prevalent as it is in a paint color. You know, the other reason I think it's great to use neutrals is because they have such a calming effect on the room. If you want a very peaceful feeling if you are jostled around by life during the day, it's nice to come home to a neutral room that feels very peaceful and not too energetic. So it's kind of a feeling that you want to have. Another benefit that I've always touted about neutral rooms is that they are good for the long haul. If you don't want to have to replace your furniture very often, I highly recommend using neutrals because the patterns and the colors are what go out of style. Rarely does the color white or cream or or beige or gray as far as bedding or a chair. Rarely does that really go out of style. Uh, but once you start getting into patterns and blues, you know, they come and go. And there's a you know a 1990s blue and there's a 19 and there's maybe a, a 2015 blue and other colors. So this is a way to really keep your costs down if you 
want to spend some money on a sofa or other big ticket items, you go with the neutrals. And then if you want the color in the room, you dress it up with throws and pillows and other accessories. And you can even buy some rather large maybe bedding or quilts that you can even throw over your sofa or throw to give it a completely different look. Excellent point. It's also a great way to go when you need to unify a space. A lot of people live in open concept homes or you buy an older home and you might want to take a wall down for some reason and all of a sudden you have this big space. Well, that's very difficult to paint a really bright color or intense color. It's better to go with a neutral and then you can have all the rooms be the same color and flow from one to the next. Yeah. And another thing I love about neutral colors or neutral, a neutral style is that it really works with whatever kind of style you want to go with pretty much. I mean, you can do the French, you can do country, you can do traditional, contemporary, modern. You can work just about any type of furniture in with neutral colors. So it just, it's the chameleon. I mean, it really goes with everything. And just because you have a neutral room does not mean you cannot have any color in the room. I really feel like the neutral rooms do better if you do have just a little bit of a splash of color here or there. I think they can tend to be boring, so it is nice to add a little bit in. Right. It's a nice foil. It's a nice backdrop for adding any sorts of color or for art or what have you. So all these good things about neutrals, and we're saying, you know, they, they sort of go everywhere. They belong everywhere. But there's a caveat to that, and that's what the whole episode is about today, is that while neutrals in general can work in any space, not every specific neutral can work in every space, right? Because of these undertones. So uh, we're going to go through the different undertones that that exist and ones you should look for and how you can pick them out because it's very challenging to, to discern the undertone from a small paint chip. Well, and while we're talking about undertones, I think this brings up the biggest example I have of undertones, and that is the color gray. Gray is such a classic color. It's beautiful. I think it's going to be around forever, but it's gotten, I think, a bad name lately. One reason is because I think it has been overused, which I agree with, but I see the real problem with people not liking gray is that I think a lot of people chose a gray with a blue undertone and the blue the blue undertone gave it a very cool and cold feeling, a very industrial feeling that really turned people off and people don't like it, especially in their home. It can feel a little bit like a service station, to be honest. That's why I feel like it's really important to think about these undertones because it does impact the way the color is coming across. If you choose a gray with a warmer undertone, you are going to be happier, in my opinion, with that gray for the long haul. Oh, yes. I have a blog post, My Two Favorite Grays, and it is probably one of my most popular blog posts. I mean, I, I, I can't even tell you the number of comments that I have gotten over the years and people then emailing me on the side, you know, they read the, my article, but what do I think in their particular and they're North facing and this and that and the other thing, gray is hard to get right. Um, and 
yeah, when you see a gray that has the blue undertone, I mean, it looks nice in a small setting, but on a small chip or, uh, you know, in a book or you see it in a magazine or something and you think it's going to work in your room, it really does give it a cold appearance. And it that can, would, for sure. And, you know, grays are hard to stay tr- true. So what we're talking about with the undertone, so you have the color and that's primarily what it is, whether it's a gray or a, a beige or a white, uh, a taupe. But underneath that, there's a small amount of, could be blue, could be green. With a gray, it could even be purple. But there's a small amount of that undertone in there. And really, depending upon the light that you get in your room and also what you choose to put in the room, that undertone can present itself in, in uh, almost in the forefront, just stronger than you want it to. And well, in you're an 100% unexpected right. way. You can't really tell from a small little chip. Right. Sometimes what that undertone is, and it may seem like, oh, maybe there's a little bit of a pink undertone here, but then you put it on all the walls in your bathroom and the light is bouncing off of every wall and converging and kind of slapping you in the face and it starts feeling like the room is a pink room. You really do have to be careful about these undertones because you can be quite surprised once you start painting an entire wall. So let's just run through some of the undertones that you can that do present themselves and I'll just read the list and then we're going to talk more about you know, how you can recognize them and how best to use and select neutrals for the home that you either have currently and the decor you have or you know the look that you want to go for and we actually even have a listener question that plays really well into this whole episode so we'll be getting to that too, and we're going to give you some ideas on specific paints, right, Anita? We both have a short list of some. That I have like. a few, sure. Okay, okay. So you've got so blue gray. So gray being your neutral, but blue being your undertone. So the undertone I'm going to say in the front: green, beige, yellow, beige, pink, beige. Pink beige shows up a lot in bathrooms for some reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Orange beige. Uh, let's just go back to Tuscany or faux Tuscany, right? <laughs> because that that came about a lot around that time period. Gold beige, kind of the same feel. And um, like a taupey undertone. Um, that's the beige and gray undertones. Gr- and then you could have a green gray, different than a blue gray, right? And as I mentioned, even a purple gray. So there are different undertones depending upon what the main color is. Um, and they can show up. Yeah, like you didn't invite them, but they showed up to your walls. And you're like, yikes. See, th- I think that what happens too is when people are decorating and they want to refresh and they're seeing a lot of the grays out there, uh, but they have tile or cabinetry that was more reminiscent of uh, the Tuscan phase, or they have a bathroom that has these pink undertones in the tile, in the granite, maybe in the cabinetry. And then they want to choose a really crisp white or a true gray or even a blue gray. And they try to pair it with these other items that have different undertones, and that's when it becomes a disaster. Oh, yeah. Those yellow undertones, I think if you 
that's another thing we need to talk about are warm colors and cool colors, because sometimes those really don't play well together. And cool colors are the colors that you think of associated with the ocean, kind of the blues and the greens. Those are considered cool colors. Now, if you're talking, and they actually recede in a space and make the room feel larger, whereas warm colors you think of as associated with with fire, red, orange, yellow. And then the cool colors would be the blue, the green, the violet. And so that's kind of how it gets the, the thought of the cool and the warm. But the warm colors have a, usually there's a little bit of yellow in most of the warm colors. And sometimes that really doesn't look that great next to some of the cool colors. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah, you have to really be, uh, first of all, if you're going to be redecorating and you want to use some of the newer, I mean, I say newer, but they're not really newer neutrals. They're just, you know, the grays and other neutrals that are a little bit crisper and fresher are just really on trend now and have been for a while. So if you want to freshen up your home with that, you have to really take stock first in what you have. You know, if you're not going to be able to change your floor tile and it has like these green undertones and whatnot, you're going to have to be really careful with the neutrals that you pick. Yeah, actually, we used a white granite in our kitchen and it's got some warm brown, uh, brownish grays in it. There's kind of some brown and a little bit of gray. And it wasn't a pure white like marble. And so I could not use a pure white backsplash. I felt like that was going to make the countertop look really dingy because it definitely had some yellows, uh, yellow tint hints here and there in the granite because it had some of the kind of the browns and the little yellow undertones with the gray. So I had to be really careful because it did have some of the grays in there. I was able to use a blue gray tile for the background and it works very well. But again, a bright white tile or paint, you have to be very careful what it's next to because if you're if it's next to something with some yellow undertones, whatever that is that has yellow undertones in it, it's going to look dingy. Yes. And actually, I was thinking about what you had shared about your granite and your backsplash tile when I was getting ready for this episode, because that is, because I wanted to say it's really not even all about paint, but, you know, paint is the most obvious thing and the easiest thing for people to switch out. But yeah, if you had just said to yourself, I want white, white subway tile, I've pinned it a thousand times. This is what I want. And you purchased that. And it would have been the worst if you were out for the day and came home and someone had installed it, it would have looked not anything like I would have what been you have so, going on. I would have been so upset. It just would not have looked well. In fact, because the backsplash is this blue gray and I had the granite countertop that is not actually a pure white, I had to be very careful about the white, my white cabinets. And they're actually called Eider White. It's really a very light, it, it's white with a gray undertone. <laughs> And I had to do that with the cabinets so that they didn't fight with that backsplash and the countertop. Right. Because all these undertones showed up. And and 
really, when it's done well, like Anita's Kitchen, which is so stunning, and I'm sure you've all seen it on her blog and Instagram and various places. I've been fortunate enough to see it in real life. It's even better in real life. But all her, all the pieces obviously work together, but all the undertones work together. And that's kind of where the magic is too in the whole design. Well, and I had the same issue because I wanted to paint the cabinets at our farm, at our little farmhouse. I have, I went a little crazy when we put the granite in. I wanted black, but I thought, oh, I just want to do something different. This was 10 years ago. And so I went with that brown granite that now I'm sorry I put in. It's got brown and and gray and black specks. So it's a little harder to work with. So when I went with the paint color for the cabinets, again, it wasn't a clear choice. I could not paint the cabinets white. Also, I had a tumbled marble backsplash. So it was kind of a, well, not, but so it's kind of a, a yellowy, creamy white backsplash. So I could not go with the pure white cabinets. And I ended up going with gray cabinets with a little bit of a green undertone because that's what went with the countertop the best. Right. Yeah. Then if something's there, you have to work with what's there. Or if you made a choice and then you got to keep going in that same direction because, you know, sometimes you go into some of these builder houses and they'll have this dark countertop and then just just the stock white cabinets. Like, no. No, not, it's not things working together. If then someone bought that house and they had to deal with the kitchen the way it is, then in accessories, they would have to try to marry those two colors with the undertones. They'd try to have to try to find a fabric that had those both things in it and then some neutral under with undertones that made those things play nicely together. So it's really hard to do, mm-hmm. uh, but we're here to help you do it. How do you think you can best figure out what the undertones are, say, of your existing infrastructure, if you will, like your floors or your bathrooms or your kitchens. Like, how would you approach that, Anita? If you were, say, going to go to a, you know, a house and you were going to buy a house or you were going to, somebody was, you were going to help somebody decorate their house and they were, okay, look, I need to, to work on this kitchen, but I can't replace the countertop. And, but maybe I can paint the cabinets. How would you go about trying to figure out what tones were present look at it <laughs> i mean if God, you look isn't she amazing you guys <laughs> what how else are you gonna tell me except by look at with your it. spidey senses <laughs> yeah but here's the thing okay look at it okay thanks uh-huh. thanks anita okay let me just well, say <laughs> okay well maybe but see i think i approach things a little differently than than other people and i can tell from from the podcast that you have a little even though I'm the analytical looking no no even though I'm the analytical person I do not approach things in a structured way like that I don't even kind of try to figure out what it is that the undertone is I'm just looking to see what's going to go with it okay so I don't really care what it is I'm just kind of looking to say I just can look at it and go that's not going to go with this I and so I'm I'm putting the paint chips next to it or the tile and I'm looking at it to say, is this going to go? I mean, the, the oh, yeah, yeah, but this is before you even have other things. You're just looking at it for the first time. Like, so you're obviously with your eyes, you're looking to see, I would want to see it in different times of day too, whatever the item would be. Right. And then, and as and he's saying, like 
particularly with these like pink beigey undertones that show up in bathrooms, like it's pretty obvious, you know, you put the fluorescent light on or whatever's in the bathroom. You're like, wow, I'm getting, I'm I'm reading a lot of pink here. Yes. (laughs) But then, right. So, but what if it's something that it's like, you're not really sure, like, is that undertone green or is it blue? Like where, you know, is it blue green? Like what the heck is it? So as Anita is saying, I would suggest that getting a lot of different samples and not just these little tiny bits of paint, you know, sort of larger samples. A lot of companies are giving larger samples now or buy a pot of paint and paint something, paint a piece of cardboard, something like that. Hold it up to it and see what one seems to – if you hold something up to it, like you're holding a blue up to it, see if you, you're discerning more blue from the item that you're trying to check. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't really think you necessarily need to change the lighting because whatever lightning lighting you have in that room, that's what you're going to have for the future. Um, but it might be, I don't know, it might be a little more helpful to change the lighting just to, if you're having, oh, a no, I'm saying throughout the day, like, you know, how something mm-hmm, can look mm-hmm. in the morning and then it can look at yeah, night. Yeah. Like, so get it like, Oh, okay. Now I've seen it full circle at different times a day. It, yeah. You know, it looks blue. Right, right, right. And and you can tell if you've got a problem too. If you've got a problem, you know what the undertone is. I think it's going to be obvious. If you put two things together and they don't work, I think you're going to know they're not working. Right. Well, after you listen to this podcast, of course, then you'll know it's the undertone. <laughs> and you're going to and you're going to change the thing that's the easiest to change. Right, which is often the paint color. Paint. Yes. Right? Yes. Mhm. And often the people picking the paint, I shouldn't say often, but sometimes people picking the paint were not looking at that, paying attention to it, and kind of missed the boat. And to be honest with you, I think that our, you know, we we got a good price on a house one time because the house looked a little on the pink side when you looked at it. And I think everybody said, I don't want that house. Well, yeah. I know. And I said, oh, well, we'll take it for this and then we'll just paint it. <laughs> yeah, we'll just paint it. Yeah, you can fix that. You just looked at it and it was pink. Those other people didn't even know what color it was. <laughs> well, I think they looked at it and went, I don't like it. I don't know it what. I just don't like it. Right? No, Why I think they could pink? see it. I think everyone could. I don't have special powers. <laughs> but yeah, but there are also these neutrals that people default to. Like, I can't tell you how many people, for whatever reason, that I know that have Swiss coffee paint color. Now, I'm not dissing anybody that has Swiss coffee. If they like it, I don't like it. But I think it looks, it, in, in you know, anytime I've seen it, it kind of looks a little dirty. But it, there's like these default neutrals that are out there that either, you know, some a paint store might suggest to you, a builder might have on their short list of ones that you can choose, or you might have heard of, but there's a, there is, there are so many neutrals out there, which is part of why it's overwhelming. But when you understand what the, what's going on in the undertones, you can then, you know, you curate your own universe. Oh, okay. I know I need something with a green undertone. And so then you're going to wipe out all the other eight undertones that we talked about and focus on the the colors, the neutrals that have green, if that's what you need and vice versa for any of the others. Um, so don't just choose one because it's the neutral that was presented to you. Uh, don't default to the Swiss coffees or, you know, the decorator whites or things like that. Explore 
all the other options that are out there. And with this information that you have, and you can do obviously more research on your own online, you can learn more about you know how to discern the undertones and how to make it work for you. Because when you get it, it just works beautifully. And the undertone will then, it adds to it rather than detracting from what you're trying to do. And I think people look at something and they can kind of go, this isn't working, but they may not be aware of the fact that it's the undertones that are fighting. Right. Fighting undertones is not nice. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. like talking about people under your breath. That's not nice. It's not good. Uh, We had a funny email from Lisa D., uh, one of our uh, longtime listeners and pals. Um, It was how to pronounce this gray-beige color that we like to call grige. And I guess you could say it grayish, but I've never heard that. No, I've never heard it pronounced that way. I've always heard grayish. But Lisa, we say, you say grayish, we say grayish, it's all the same. And the undertones are probably the same. So it's all good. <laughs> and thanks for that tip on the uh, the place to shop for French stuff. I'm sure Anita and I will be oh, checking Oh, yes. That. Yes. Thank you. Um, so you want to talk about a few colors that we know are pretty great in the neutral department? Okay. Well, one thing first I wanted to mention as we get into that is uh, leather. You don't think of leather being a neutral, but it's a brown. So that is something that you can work into a room and that uh, theoretically should go with about anything in the room, but it does tend to be warm. So keep in mind, if you have cool colors, that hey, that's a really good work. point. Don't you just love a great recommendation from a friend? Well, we're delighted to be recommending these companies and their wonderful products to you today. And let them know your friends at DTT sent you. Okay, so now we're going to give you some paint colors to check out. Go ahead. Nita, Can I just go? list these? Go ahead. Yeah. All right, darling. Well, you know, my favorite is the Sherwin-Williams Agreeable Gray. I've used that extensively, extensively, and it is a very warm gray. It works very well with golds, and it is not a cool gray. So this is going to be something that's going to work well no matter what is in the room. So that is why it's so agreeable. Oh, there you go. Yes, that's right. Revere Pewter by Benjamin Moore. Hey, that's on my list. Oh, sorry. It's okay. okay. All right. That's a lovely grige. Well, maybe I better stop because maybe I'm going to be saying some of the same ones you are. That's okay. That's okay. Somebody's got to say it. Go ahead. Uh, Benjamin Moore Gray. I don't have that one. That's kind of a gunmetal gray. Mm -hmm. It's similar to a blackboard. And I think it's just called gray. That's all I could find on that one. That Mm -hmm. one was beautiful. Benjamin Moore Huntington White. It's a soft, creamy white. And I also like, I uh, used on the ex- the exterior of our home, Sherwin-Williams Natural Choice, which is a very warm white. Oh, that's a pretty color. I never asked you what that color was. And just one or two more. The blue-leaning blue leaning white mm-hmm. is Fairwind Ball. That's a pale uh, blue color. It's a light gray blue it's really well they're pretty. they're they're telling you the thank you farron ball they're telling you the undertone in the name that's nice yes i know that is nice right? like mm-hmm. wouldn't that be a great thing to add to a paint chip i mean maybe some uh companies do but i don't think the bigger ones do like if you had the chip or the fan deck like wouldn't that be great on the back if it said you know it the undertone is 
I mean, they know they're making well, the color. If you, but if you get the fan, deck, if you get the card, and you'll see that color as it gets more saturated, you can usually see yeah. what that undertone is because it gets more and more concentrated. Right, and like you here, can see yeah. which direction it's headed. That's a that's a good point. And here, let's just use a really really simple example. Um, again, let's pick up pink. Like if you p- picked up one of those and has like four colors on it or something like that. And what if it started out as a very, very pale blush, like mostly white, right? And then it's going up and up and up. And and the last one is pink. Well, yeah, duh. There's your undertone is pink. Mm -hmm. But if you have those single chips, it's very hard to tell. Yes, it's yes, I agree. Yeah. And then the last one I have is a brown neutral. It's when I say it's a neutral, but it looks like chocolate. Ooh. And that's, it's called brown neutral. Oh, no, excuse me. Uh, it is a brown neutral, but it is called barista. Oh. Benjamin Moore. That's a nice name. Okay, so I am going to give you my two favorite grays that I think are pretty true to color. These really don't have much of an undertone. Um, but again, you know, disclaimer, based on your lighting and what you put in the room, you know, you could see some sort of cast of, of, of maybe a blue, but these are pretty pure grays and stay gray on the wall. In my experience, in the experience of many people that read my blog and came back and commented and said they used them and had the same experience. Stonington gray. Um, if you've seen my YouTubes or my blog and you've seen my living room, the top panel of the wall above the, the like the picture rail is Stonington gray. And then silver chain is another gray that I have found that stays very truly gray on the wall. Uh, my daughter's room is done in that. And I've done some other little accent areas pieces and whatnot in the silver chain. Also Benjamin Moore. And my white is simply white. Now I would say that my simply white probably has an undertone of yellow. It's definitely a warm white. And that's, you know, I really wanted, because I use so much white, I wanted it to be a warm undertone. Um, But it's very slight, but definitely not a cold white. So those are my three choices to to give you. And then there's some others that I've heard about, but I have not used personally. Gray cashmere from Benjamin Moore. I've heard that that is a lovely neutral. I don't know, have not used it personally. And then Pharaoh and Ball Pavilion Gray. Uh, Again, that was just on a recommendation. Have not personally used it. An, An episode that I thought might be interesting. Here I am just talking out loud again without, you know, like telling Anita this beforehand. So you guys let me know. And Anita, you could say no. But I thought it might be interesting to do an episode because paint is such an important thing and people get really hung up on it. Maybe we could do an episode about like, is it really worth it to get really super expensive paint? You know, all the paint companies have different lines and levels of paints, right? And then there's the the Farrow and Balls that is even more expensive. And then there are other smaller paint companies that you know people maybe not, never even heard of. Um, you know, is it worth it? Is, 
is the pigmentation, you know, so like incredibly off the charts that it's worth spending this much money on it sort of thing. So it might be, if you guys think that might be interesting, or if you're interested in hearing more episodes about paints in some, in any way, shape or form about paints, let us know that. Okay. You ready for the crushies? Yes. Okay. You go. Well, we had a little incident this morning. Miss Molly, my collie, got a little sick on one of my favorite rugs this morning. Uh, I know. And then she took a beeline to her bed to do the second deposit. So Was it? No, not the bespoke yes, the Paris bespoke, Crest yes, dog yes, bed. Yes. There's why well, thank goodness that's it, washable. Well, it's in the washing machine right now. I'm thinking, why do you have to even run to the rug? Can you do it's so much easier to wipe up if you just do it on the hardwood floor? Really? Yes. I mean, I would have been done oh, in five seconds. Poor but Molly. poor Evie was there doing it for 20 minutes. Oh no. Well, you know, I would have done it, but I had to get ready for the podcast. Uh, I'm sorry. I have to be recording right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know. Well, you know, these things happen. So I've been doing a little research on cleaners. And because we love the natural cleaners, I did use a an, an enzyme cleaner that I had here. But I thought I looked online and I found one that I want to try. I have not tried it yet, but it's called Trinova. And it's a natural pet stain and odor remover eliminator. And it said that it was 100% natural cleaner. So I thought I would like to try that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be getting that from the show notes because we do. Times, Times three, we definitely have our issues here. So, yeah, that's a, that's a good thing to know about. Good one. My crush is a plant. It's a new plant. It was introduced recently by Monrovia. It's called Twister Lily of the Nile. And it is a very hardy plant. It's a dwarf version of an agapanthus. So I don't know if anybody's familiar with agapanthus, but they almost have these globe-shaped um, flowers, like individual blooms, like almost like a like a make-a-wish, like a dandelion gone to seed. Oh, you know, nice. The head is big, like an allium. Like an allium? Almost, but a little yeah. bit uh, more open, a little looser than an allium. And so individual uh, blooms in this circular fashion um, on this really st- lovely, dark, strappy green foliage. Um, and it's bicolored trumpet flowers. So they're pure wet white and dark blue, which, you know, is kind of, you know, the blue in the garden is more like purple, but this is, you know, this is actually much closer to blue than a lot of flowers in the garden that are called blue. Um, and it's hardy zone seven through 10. Really pretty. I love agapanthus. They're so hardy and then you can divide them and they're just, they keep giving back over the years. So if anybody's interested, I think it gets only Monrovia because I think this particular variety is, you know, patented by them. So you could pop on to Monrovia.com and I'll put the link to the Twister Lily of the Nile there. Oh, that sounds so beautiful. Yeah, it's really pretty. I have white ones now, but you know, my garden is a white garden, but when you add just a little bit of blue, it makes the white look even better. So I just have a little bit of blue here and there. And so I think this one is, uh, it's really doing nice things in my garden. So making the white even look better. Oh, can't wait to see pictures. Yes. 
Um, yeah, well, the garden's coming, you know, it's coming around. It's was <laughs> really bad here, guys. And I had to start from amending the soil. So I haven't done a big garden tour, but I will be I'm getting there. Okay. So our question today is from Vicki. Uh, Vicki found uh, decorating tips and tricks through my YouTube channel. Woohoo! Thanks, Vicki. Uh, I know you from over there and it's great to have you over here listening to DTT. Um, so Vicki lives in Chicago area in an American four square style house. It's and very charming. She so sent charming. a picture. It's really pretty. Yeah. And she loves older houses too. Um, now her house is, you know, like an American four square, you could almost picture it kind of like craftsman-y like, and she is correct in saying that there's a lot of those style houses around here in uh, Pasadena and South Pasadena. So I've been in and out of a lot of houses like that. There's a lot of wood. Um, they tend to more earthy colors. And so... Vicky's and it's sage green on the outside with some brown Right. It's accents. sage green on the mm-hmm. outside. And so Vicky's asking, well, how can she sort of freshen up her decor, but still at the same time stay authentic to the type of home she has when she's seeing that so much of what is out there now for home decor is the grays and the whites and her colors are more like yellows and greens and browns and things like well and she's got stained cabinets in her kitchen which is the only picture i see of the interior but Mm -hmm. so that's i think also what she's talking about is it's not a white kitchen right Mm -hmm. so what would you suggest how can our friend vicky sort of freshen up you know and, and add some new things now and again but still stay authentic to her style of her home. Well, I think Vicki, what I would suggest, and it's hard for me to make too many specific suggestions because all I'm seeing is your kitchen. So it's hard for me to say, get this or that, because I'm not seeing any other you know rooms in your house. But so I'm just going to speak in general terms, but I think these period homes and I am in a craftsman style house also, well, you know, similar exterior style. I think the thing to do is if you've got your interior that's very similar to the same time period as the exterior of the home, I think it is good to play that up and to have a lot of things, antiques or things from that time period. But it is something that you have to be careful about because if you go overboard too much with everything inside the house being period, it can look a little stodgy, a little stale, and maybe a little out of step with today. So I think it's a situation where you want to mix in some contemporary things, some things that are really trendy now and popular now with these older looks. And it's a beautiful marriage. I think it can be done, and I think it's a great way to do it. And you know what? You've said it's got the colors. It's not going to be white and gray. You know what? Embrace it. Go with it. I think it's a beautiful home. And I would just play that up and go with the colors that are going to work with your house. I, you know, it's you can't make it something it's not. So if you wanted to make it white and gray, you'd have to paint it all. And obviously, you don't want to do that. And I don't think you should. So go with those colors that would have been traditional with that house Add some fun, I think, have some fun with it and add, you know, a little bit of contrast too. Yeah, great tips. And as I mentioned before, I mean, it really kind of, Vicky's question really sort of plays in what we're talking about today. Like if she wants to freshen it up and maybe lighten some colors uh, in some of the rooms, 
she needs to pay attention to those undertones that are present, right? So she's going to maybe want to look for a beige that has a green undertone, right? Something like that. She's going to want to stay away from any of the uh, grays that certainly have a blue, but maybe you could work with a gray that has a green undertone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. And that looks like that might really go inside her house. Yeah, something like Mm -hmm. that. And then I- There are warm colors in here, so she needs to keep that in mind. Exactly. And I, you know, I think a lot of the, um, some of the, the craftsman styled, uh, patterns, they can look very fresh and modern too. Um, you could even toss in a little bit of boho in the fabric choices, you know, in the pattern choices. Cause I think some of that could work as well. Um, just adding some plants, uh, adding some fresh flowers, some more texture to because there's a lot of wood, particularly in the kitchen. So if you add it to a little bit more texture, that might you know feel like it's um, lightening it up a little bit. But it's a absolutely beautiful home, and I think staying in those colors really does feel authentic to the home. And you can do that without you know all of a sudden making you know painting everything gray and white because that's not going to work for your house. And at the end of the day, that's not going to make your house um, shine the way it does already. So I think just little tweaks here and there. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a beautiful home. I think enjoy it because what a piece of history you have a hold of. Yes. Yes. And then, and Vicki also in the email, she said they also have um, two other homes. They bought a little Sears cottage, you know, the kind that like came in a kit, I guess, years and years mm-hmm. ago yes, on yes. a lake. And then the house that was next door became available. So Vicky has an opportunity to do all kinds of decorating so she can get her gray and white fix someplace else. <laughs> but yeah, I would not. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't use it in this house. Mm-mm, no, I don't think so. So thanks for hanging out with us today. Remember, we're here to inspire you to create a beautiful home. Until next time. want to remind you that we are available for design consults. We take on your design dilemmas, questions, renovations, any project you want to talk about, any room, any space. We are here for you. And we really do enjoy doing these. And I think we've helped people a lot. So if you want to sign up for a consult, head to the link in the show notes. It's decoratingtipsandtricks.com slash consult. We hope to talk to you soon.